0: This podcast may contain spoilers for anything that has aired on Disney+, Plus, as well as anything appearing in the comics that the show is drawn from.
1: And ancillary materials such as trailers.
0: We will also be theorizing based on those comics and trailers, so proceed with caution.
1: Welcome to Welcome to Westview. I'm Max.
0: And I'm Tina.
1: And we have a lot to talk about with this new episode of WandaVision.
0: Yeah, I think this is actually the longest episode of WandaVision that we've had so far.
1: It's in it, I think, over 40 minutes, although... Less than that because the credits are just so long.
0: The credit sequence of this show is like 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, because it's always like, oh, we have 30 minutes. And then it's like, oh, yeah, the credits just take forever.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start at the end and mention something weird about the credits for this week. All right. So every other episode of WandaVision has ended with the time period appropriate theme music And then change to the MCU music. Mm -hmm. This episode ends with the MCU music and then changes to the time period appropriate sitcom music.
1: Okay, I wonder if that means that we're going to dip more back into sitcom stuff for the next episode. Because this episode was really in and out of the sitcom stuff. Especially, especially because this episode, the sitcom it pulls from most significantly is Family Ties, Mm -hmm. except kind of not really.
0: Yeah, I, my TV show Easter egg is going to be kind of a stretch this week.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's, they have the kitchen from Family Ties.
0: I was going to talk about that, but that's not my Easter egg.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, because the big thing that they pulled from Family Ties was the opening credits and the kitchen,
0: the living room layout also is not exact, but definitely in the ballpark of the Family Ties living room layout.
1: Yeah, we're still a lot in the MCU this episode, which I'm fine with. I I mean, come on. they They chose some of the best actors that you could easily afford from the MCU. I mean... Who doesn't love Randall Park?
0: I am really enjoying the adventures of Jimmy and Darcy. And Monica. And Monica. Oh, man. I I have to say, during the Monica-Darcy scene, when we were watching it the first time through, I was like, they're girlfriends now.
1: <laughs> so should we do a brief catch-up?
0: Sure. Yeah, let's talk about previously on WandaVision.
1: So Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch?
0: Mmm, yes.
1: Wanda Maximoff... An Avenger of some renowned formerly worked with Ultron.
0: Also was pretty much the reason that we have the Sokovia Accords.
1: Yes. Uh, Which was the Superhuman Registration Act. Wanda Maximoff has apparently created a small reality-altering bubble around a town.
0: Magical Truman Show.
1: A magical Truman Show, if you will, where she's going... Through different decades of television and forcing all of these people to live through a sitcom about her and her dead boyfriend, now a live husband in sitcom world, The Vision.
0: And now they're two twin sons.
1: And now they're two twin sons.
0: Except maybe she didn't.
1: Like, okay, we talked last week about them dropping the mid-season trailer that kind of... Had a bunch of hints that maybe Wanda isn't the one who's in control of it. Right. Because everyone is trapped in this town. They're all being forced to live through sitcoms. Almost everything in that mid-season trailer happened in this episode.
0: Yeah, I guess there is.
1: That scene where Agnes is like, do you want me to take it again?
0: We did not see Wanda's talking head from what will presumably be the 2000s episode.
1: Yeah, that. That's the big thing. But a lot of a lot of stuff in the mid season trailer was just from this episode, which I think is pretty interesting. I love the pace that this show is going on. A lot of people were complaining that it felt slow paced when they dumped the first two episodes. I'm like, Really? And,
0: oh, this felt so fast paced to me. In fact, it felt really reminiscent of the way the good place kind of kept things moving, especially at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Also, Monica Rambeau works for S.W.O.R.D. S.W.O.R.D. is the organization, the sentient weapon something something. They're the people who are keeping track of presumably the Avengers. They had the Vision's body.
0: Now, before this episode came out, Elizabeth Olsen was teasing that there was going to be a huge cameo at the end that was going to blow everyone away, even more than Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian. Did it live up to the hype?
1: I think it did, but there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's not going to be Quicksilver. You know, that's too that's too expected. And I was like, how unexpected was Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian? Because that doesn't feel like it's that out of the realm of possibility that they would have brought back a character from Star Wars in a Star Wars property.
0: Okay, well, so the thing about Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian is that there was no idea that that would happen. Nobody had teased that there was a big cameo coming, and... I think this is equally as big. I don't think Elizabeth Olsen overplayed it. But I think people would have been more shocked if we hadn't been waiting for it. Because we were all waiting for it. And a lot of people had guessed beforehand that it was going to be Evan Peters. Yes. Including you.
1: So there was a little controversy, which I don't know if it made it over to English Twitter, but apparently one of the dub actors for Quicksilver, and I think the Spanish version actually spoiled it for a bunch of people by talking about... Really? Like, he was excited to play uh, Quicksilver again or something he talked
0: about on his Twitter. Huh. Yeah, I mean, when you have something like this, and everybody's on social media now, I hadn't really... That's a lot of people to keep quiet. Honestly, it's a miracle that Anything stays unspoiled, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, he got super fired for that.
0: Oh, I feel bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That means he only got to do it for like two lines. Oh. Okay, so the big thing last episode, though, is that it has been revealed that Wanda is apparently responsible for, as Darcy Lewis calls it, the Hex. And as
0: everyone else is calling it, the Maximov Anomaly. <laughs>
1: Hex is a better name.
0: Although, I have to say, it was revealed that Wanda's doing it by Monica saying it after she had been blasted out of the neighborhood without having full information. Monica doesn't have full information, so we shouldn't think we do.
1: Mm. Also, I'm really glad that I pointed out the hex symbol right? earlier, so it can be like, oh... I knew it before the show said it, even though it's not, like, subtle or anything. So, back in sitcom world, we've made the jump to the 80s. Wanda is carrying one of the babies. The babies are not having a good time of it. They're crying. This is, you know, stock baby plots for sitcoms.
0: Yes, uh, Billy and Tommy are both crying. Vision and Wanda have been trying to comfort them, apparently for days, and they haven't been able to be comforted.
1: Vision is such a better dad than John Stamos is in Full House. We've been watching Full House to prepare for the next episode, and Jesse and Becky just had their twins, and John Stamos is like, Uncle Jesse, I should say, is like toxic masculinity personified in it. Oh, it's
0: terrible.
1: He doesn't want his ba- he doesn't want his babies to wear booties because it's unmasculine. And it's not, it's not manly for babies to wear booties. And it's like, what do you want? Kids need booties. It's cold.
0: I think his problem is that mint green is too girly of a color. I know. I know. Wanda, Full
1: House is a very frustrating show. It
0: is. It really is. It's a way more frustrating, too, for me to watch it now. Because I watched it when I was a kid. But rewatching it now, I'm like...
1: Danny Tanner is a terrible parent.
0: I'm like, why are none of those parents taking care of those kids? Why is the baby allowed to run around and draw baths and, like, leave the house without anyone noticing? Like,
1: uh, everything with Michelle is just so frustrating, like... You said she's basically a feral child, which (laughs) isn't She
0: is. We we should really save some of this for the 90s episode.
1: Yes. So Wanda's like, oh, I know I shouldn't take shortcuts, but she tries to use her powers to get the babies to nap and doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Her powers don't work on the babies.
1: So the vision comes out and he's phased pacifiers into his ears. And he's like, ah, see, they, they block out the sound. Isn't this what pacifiers are for? There's a lot less kind of jokey sitcom stuff in the sitcom world this episode.
0: And it makes sense because the world, the sitcom world is really kind of getting out of Wanda's control. So it makes sense that there's less of it, although obviously there is still some of it.
1: One of the things I found really interesting is we're not working with sitcom camera angles anymore.
0: It's true. This is filmed in a cinematic style now. It's not done with the three-camera setup of a sitcom.
1: Yeah. They've been so meticulous about recreating these very, very specific, I mean, setups, like you said. So the fact that we've moved away from it in the sitcom world.
0: And we we're not even keeping the sitcom aspect ratio. Yeah. We're we're back into the cinematic aspect ratio even when we're in sitcom world. So, it, yeah, interesting. Okay. Agnes comes in to help Wanda with the babies. I we got this scene. Oh, oh my god, y'all, this scene. So
1: many questions about the scene. Especially because Agnes comes in just as Wanda's realizing that her powers aren't working on the babies. That she can't force the babies to do what she wants.
0: She needs help. And Agnes comes in, in her size gear, decked out in 80s fashion with her giant 80s hair. Okay, I just want to say, mm-hmm. this is such a side note, mm-hmm. but... Both Agnes and Wanda in this episode have 80s hair, but it looks so much better than actual 80s hair looked. Like, to some extent, they were like, well, we're not going to go full 80s.
1: Well, I really, really wish, I know they're not going to do this, but... This is sort of the hair I want Wanda to have for the rest of the show.
0: It's true that this 80s hair that Wanda has in this episode is the most reminiscent of how it looks in the comics, usually.
1: Yeah, and the way they've been doing her hair in the Marvel movies is so flat and it doesn't look good. It's It looks so much more Wanda Max to have bigger hair. And I... I have some, as we talked about in the first episode, I have some issues with the way the Marvel Universe is choosing to portray Wanda Maximoff. I love Elizabeth Olsen, and this uh, this series has shown, like, she can work with the material. Mm-hmm. Apparently she's said some not great stuff about, she. she's used a very she... common...
0: Yes, okay, well, so when... In in a later episode, we know because it's been teased in the preview, Mm. she is wearing the full Scarlet Witch costume, including the ridiculous Scarlet Witch headdress that she has in the comics. Mm. And Elizabeth Olsen fought to keep the costume the way it is and said that it needed to be, you know, actual Wanda as you know the the romani character except she didn't say romani she said the slur for it which (sighs) is not good but also i believe was ignorance and i think she could be called in without too much problem
1: yeah it's one of those things where it it's been in the common vernacular for so long and there's not really enough of an organized sort of movement against that kind of specific language against Romani people.
0: Mhm. I I mean, I hear it so often and I I cringe every time, but it's it's everywhere. Yeah. I, in uh in in the Great British Bake Off last season, someone made a dessert that has that word in the name of the dessert and I was like, "No one No one wanted to change that. <laughs> no one No one wanted to like <laughs> No producer wanted to step in and be like, "Hey, why don't we call it by this other name instead?" But yeah. Nope.
1: So, Agnes walks in and she offers to, you know, take care of the baby. She said, "As she says, I've got a few tricks up my sleeve."
0: Ah. And Vision is nervous. He's like, "Oh, uh, I don't know. They're they got that soft spot in their head, and they're you know what? Maybe not." And Agnes gets confused
1: she gets kind of flustered and she turns to wanda and she's like do you want me to take that again and everyone's everyone's really kind of off-put including wanda Mm -hmm. i think it's important to note wanda kind of doesn't get what's going on here yes and agnes is like I can just, and it has real when something goes wrong in a play.
0: Mm -hmm. And you can just tell, and nobody's really covering. She's like, do you want to do another take? And I want to point out, the babies stop crying. Like, the moment gets very awkward and everything goes quiet, including the babies. Mm. And Wanda kind of, Wanda recovers first. She's like... Oh no no. Agnes you should you should hold the babies. And Vision is pulls Wanda aside to ask what what is happening with Agnes. And Wanda's like, "Oh, she's just she got confused for a second. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it."
1: Yeah. She cuz Agnes, she Katherine Hahn. Goes back into, you know, the fussy babies meet Buns of Steel. And then she's doing, you know, like 80s jazzercise using the cribs as ballast or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Vision's like really suspicious. He's like, no, something weird happened there. We can't overlook whatever that was. And suddenly Agnes has a spritzer with lavender and she's like, lavender has a calming effect.
0: Yeah, yeah. This character that we're pretty sure is the witch Agatha Harkness is spraying lavender over the babies. Just note what is happening. Mm. And she also goes to the kitchen and says she's looking for their liquor. Not for her, for the babies.
1: What kind of babysitter do you think I am?
0: But obviously she's looking for more ingredients.
1: So Vision notices that... The babies are quiet.
0: They do the sitcom thing for a second where he's like, do you hear that? Absolutely nothing. But (sighs) when they go to the crib, the babies are not asleep. In fact, the babies aren't in the crib at all.
1: Yes. In fact, they're no longer babies. They are
0: five. They've aged up to five years old.
1: And Agatha's kind of sitting on the bar and she, she... And she
0: has a drink, by the way. She did pour herself a drink.
1: She says, kids, you can't control them. And then she toasts Wanda in the vision and she takes a drink. Agatha.
0: Well, can we linger on the ominousness of that statement?
1: Kids can't control them.
0: Yep. She knows. She knows what's up. She knows what Wanda tried to do and that Wanda does not have power over the kids.
1: I also wanted to talk a little about Agatha's backstory in the comics. Agnes. Agnes, Agatha. Agatha Hark. Part of Agatha Harkness's backstory is that she had a son. Nicholas Scratch,
0: mm-hmm. who, which incidentally <sighs> is in folklore, a name for the devil, Nick Scratch.
1: Yeah. He's not a good person. He's a, he's a fairly bad guy. He ended up impregnating a bunch of magically significant women and his grandchildren became Salem seven, a group of supervillains who eventually burned Agatha at the stake and who attempted to do the, the same thing to Wanda as part of a
0: Ritual to-
1: In fact, the ritual that Wanda turned against them in order to cast the spell that she used to get pregnant.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I didn't even make the connection. I I was so busy thinking about Agatha commenting to Wanda that she can't control these children. I didn't even think of how- incredibly agatha harkness failed to control her own child yes yes he created a supervillain team that eventually burned you at the stake is probably the height of has lost control of her children i'm
1: honestly surprised keep, people keep on hiring her to be nannies because she showed first showed up in marvel comics as the fantastic four's nanny she helped raise franklin richards i i really love agatha harkness as a character in Marvel. I think we talked about this some before because when she shows up, she come she shows up as an old school horror comics witch.
0: Right, she brings in a whole other genre with her and I love when the genres kind of meld like that.
1: Yeah, there's this great scene where she's facing off against I think it's like the Sandman or someone and the Wingless Wizard or whoever. Like she's facing off against two people who are after the Fantastic Four and they're like, oh, it's just some old lady. And then we smash cut to later and they're just gone. And Ben Grimm's like, what happened there? And she's like, don't worry about it. Agatha Harkness is a genuinely creepy presence. Even when she shows up in the Avengers to teach Wanda magic, it creeps everyone the hell out. Everyone's like, Okay, like, the Fantastic Four vouched for her, but what the hell is going on with this lady?
0: Evil Mary Poppins. Otherwise known as
1: Mary Mary Poppins. (laughs) Also, one of the things I love about her is how death is a non-issue for her.
0: Yeah, she dies, but that's just... That's just an inconvenience at best. (laughs) So, the boys are five years old now, and we go to credits.
1: Yes, Wanda and the Vision embrace the boys, and we go to the credits, which
0: are just straight-up Family Ties credits.
1: They're just almost... I, I'm not going to say shot for shot. The opening shot is shot for shot, but...
0: It, it opens the same way the Family Ties credits do, where it's a sketch of the family, and you see, you know, a, a hand from off screen is painting the sketch in, and it ends with the realistic yet uncanny gouache paint.
1: Sketch, yeah. yeah. Paint. Wait. It also
0: does the thing that TV shows do a lot, where... We see them aging up starting with baby pictures and then them as a kid and then them now
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I love they have like baby pictures of little baby vision with his <laughs> with his red with his red robot face
1: yeah and the in the little green dealy and
0: yeah little toddler vision also we talked about this a little bit last week about how you can't always cast cute kids these kids are adorable
1: i think we talked about that in one of our in our in our charmed podcast
0: oh okay so when you cast child actors sometimes you have to go with the babies that don't cry over the babies that are the cutest so it's just these these kids are adorable
1: these kids are adorable also this song is bad this is this is one of the uh, this is the worst intro so far
0: you mean it's the least enjoyable song?
1: Yes. And, and honestly, opening sequence. I mean, I, the, the vision thing's fun, but...
0: Uh, but it's, it's accurate.
1: so accurate to Family Ties, which has, I think, one of the worst openings of all times for a popular show that went on for many years. The, the, the song sounds like something you would play in a lounge in the 70s when you want everyone to leave. Family Ties has one of the most... God-awful opening song. You hated ever. that
0: opening song I, so much. I
1: did. It was just like someone jamming tin foil in your ears and twisting it around.
0: Okay, so the best part of the opening song of Family Ties and the part that's most known is at the very end
1: Da-da-da-da. when
0: they go, Sha-na-na-na.
1: Yeah, na na That's the only good part of it. I was
0: actually surprised that they didn't do a sha-na-na-na at the end of this theme song.
1: Yeah. It- also, Family Ties is a bad show. I'm putting it out there. I don't like the adventures of Baby Ben Shapiro. It's bad, and Michael J. Fox is a very charming person, so it takes a lot to make him unlikable. But they managed it. Well,
0: I mean, is it not more of an issue to take such a charming person and put Reagan ideas in his mouth? I mean, does that not doesn't that make it worse?
1: Mm-hmm. So we have the family portrait of the two uh, of all of them. You know, introducing tommy and billy and then it has the finished picture at the end and then we cut back to outside of the hex where monica is getting x-rayed
0: so even though we are in the real world as it were Mm -hmm. i find it interesting that the scene opens with monica's eyes opening and we hear director hayward We hear his voice over her face, you know, asking what happened and her trying to explain what happened and then flashes of things. I'm just saying that... This sequence is itself very trope-laden. So to leave the... I I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but to leave the sitcom world and go into the real world, it makes you start looking at the tropes. It makes you start kind of seeing the edges of the fiction. Mm. And I don't know if it's intended or not. I choose to believe it's intentional, but it's interesting. It's like, oh, now I'm seeing how the fiction is constructed and I can't unsee it. And even though we are in the real world, we're not. We're, we're, we're still watching a TV show.
1: So, director What's-His-Bucket-Is-All, in the sort of flashes in Monica's head, he's like, so what was it like in there? And she talks about sort of the, I really love this descriptor, sort of the despair pressing down on her Mm -hmm. like that when she was in there everything she was doing was sort of on automatic and her real self was just being pushed under this heavy layer of sadness which if anyone's suffered from depression it's a familiar feeling just the weight that has on you yeah i think i think the word she used in particular is grief
0: she yes yes She said that was the most overwhelming feeling. And anybody who has any sort of depression or anxiety or OCD that comes along with intrusive thoughts, I find this really interesting because it's almost like intrusive thoughts on steroids. Mm. Kind of. Turned up to 11. Speaking of TV shows, though, Mm. the TV show that everybody wants to see, the Jimmy and Darcy show... (laughs)
1: Yes, they come in and they're like, hey, so we're, we're having a, a meeting. You want to you want to come to the meeting? Darcy tells her she should probably wear pants because her clothes from the hex have been quarantined.
0: Yes. Although I have to say Darcy says pants are encouraged, which I understand to mean are not required. Hmm. So before Monica leaves, the med tech shows her her brain scan. But there's nothing showing. It's all washed out. It's just bright white. Mm. So.
1: We're all kind of thinking this is a photon thing or a Captain Marvel thing or a spectrum thing.
0: So a lot of people have been theorizing that something happened to Monica going back and forth through the hex barrier. But people who are really invested in the comic book character of Monica Rambeau are all giddy with the idea that this is the emergence of Monica's powers, which involve manipulating light and things like that. So
1: so, so logically, she wouldn't show up like that on, on a x-ray. cat scan
0: or an x-ray. Yes, exactly.
1: Okay, see my theory Yeah. going into this is that she already had powers.
0: Yes, mine too, yes. Because
1: she doesn't seem surprised by this at all. When the person's like, hey, you're just showing up as this weird white light on our skin, she's like, yeah, whatever. So I feel like she maybe already knows that she has powers.
0: Yes, I also believe that that is what is happening. So, yeah. I'm I'm very, very much wanting to see some more Monica Rambeau getting her own stuff.
1: But yes, Monica just goes, yeah, whatever, and shoves past the lady to go into the war room where we are getting a little brief catch up on who Wanda Maximoff is, which brings up some stuff that maybe we haven't thought about. Maybe they're trying to get us to rewatch Avengers <laughs> Age of Ultron, which God, I do not want to do.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Like, there's a lot of stuff here where they talk about how she was recruited into Hydra, who experimented on her. And I was like, I thought that they didn't know it was Hydra going in. I thought they thought it was an anti-war movement and they didn't find out it was Hydra until they were already in, the, in- Wanda
0: and Pietro did not know when they started. Director Hayward summarizes what they did as, you know, they joined Hydra, they were radicalized, they fought against the Avengers, and then... Somehow, he implies kind of tricked the Avengers into trusting them, and Jimmy Woo is like, "That's technically what happened," but
1: <laughs> you're missing some of the finer details. there. one of the things when people talk about how the MCU has done Wanda and Pietro wrong is that they talk about how characters who are Romani and Jewish in the comics joined a Nazi organization in the movies, and I'm like, the thing is, they they didn't know it was Hydra when they joined it. They thought it was an anti-war group.
0: It's not a great look, Marvel. The, they, There's an in-universe reason that they were tricked, but it's not a great look that you have these two characters being tricked by an organization that's essentially Nazis. So, mm. yeah. It's not great.
1: It's not great, but also it's one of those things where it's like, okay, but, you know.
0: Well, so, mm. uh, when we first meet... Wanda and Pietro, they are villains in that they're working with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. By the way, you don't have the same cover when you join a group called the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. You can't be like, I didn't know it was an evil organization.
1: Okay, not to say to be fair, because it's one of those dumb Silver Age things where the reason that they're members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants... I know, it was the Silver Age, everything had terrible names. But the reason that they joined was because Magneto saved Wanda from a mob. And he's like, okay, so since I saved you from, you know, being beaten to death by a mob of angry peasants, you need to join my organization. They're like, I guess we don't have a choice.
0: Right, but what I was getting at is they were introduced as villains, as part of a villainous organization, and then were almost immediately recruited over to the Avengers. Yeah. In the MCU, we don't have the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants because... We don't have mutants. Hmm. Or at least we didn't. Mm-hmm. So speaking of things that we don't have in the MCU, Director Hayward asks Jimmy if Wanda has a code name at all.
1: And Jimmy Woo says, No. Wanda does not have a code name. She No
0: funny nickname.
1: No funny nickname. And I'm like, really?
0: They it- have not called her the Scarlet Witch in the MCU.
1: Which I think it's interesting. I'm sorry, I keep saying I think it's interesting, but there's a lot that I find interesting about this that people who aren't comic fans know her as the Scarlet Witch. That's a thing. You can if if you look up her fight scene with Thanos on YouTube, it's all Scarlet Witch versus Thanos. Who's who's the real strongest Avenger, the Scarlet Witch or Captain Marvel? And it's like yeah, I I don't want to rewatch these movies, but I'm assuming that it's accurate that no, no one has ever called her the Scarlet Witch.
0: I mean, that makes sense to me because one of the things about, I was going to say the MCU, but honestly, it's all comic book movies. I feel like a lot of comic book movies are afraid to do the sillier, cheesier things that make comics work. And they're afraid to kind of, they're embarrassed about where they come from. You were expecting yellow spandex.
1: Yeah, one. that's one of the reasons Into the Spider-Verse is good, because they're like, you know what? Let's just, embrace it. Let's embrace it. So,
0: In the briefing room, Director Hayward says that Wanda is a terrorist who's done this thing, and Monica says, no, she's not a terrorist.
1: She, she points out Wanda doesn't have a political agenda here. There's not a malicious forethought behind what she did.
0: Yeah, Director Hayward, words have meaning.
1: And he's like, she's mind-wiped an entire town full of people. And Monica's like, honestly, we really don't know the whole situation. I was there... And I was under mind control, and I don't know the whole situation.
0: Monica theorizes that Wanda has actually quarantined the effect of what's happening. That the reason they're in that bubble, that Hex, is because she's limiting the effects, and that she doesn't know what caused it.
1: Yeah. Which I think is an intriguing idea. The thought that this whole television thing is Wanda trying to stop something from getting out. Mm. It's her trying to stop something from spreading. This whole thing is a containment.
0: That makes sense, yeah. So, Director Hayward, what a dick. Mm. He wants to prove that Wanda is evil, so he shows some footage that he got declassified of her breaking into the sword headquarters and stealing vision's corpse which we can see was being dissected by the sword agents and then this man has the gall to say that wanda disregarded vision's last wishes by taking his body and bringing him back to life because he didn't want to be used as a weapon even though his people were taking him apart to figure out how to make more weapons what what the gall on this man
1: also i do really like the scene that we see through the footage from the security cameras it feels really directly taken from the beginning of uh, wanda, uh of the scarlet witch vision miniseries ear in the life mm-hmm. where wanda breaks into a government facility to rescue the in that case not dead vision there's just a bit where she's walking down this hallway and she's just breaking everything with her powers to get to where the vision's being held by uh, henry peter gyrick so we go back into the sitcom where billy and tommy who are not identical twins here they're identical twins in the comics except uh tommy has white hair mm-hmm. here they're not identical twins which is fine Sure I, I'd, I imagine that'd be difficult and they probably want to cast different actors.
0: Well also, I mean you'd want to cast three sets of twins, right because you'd need you'd need the actors to play the infants, the actors to play the five year olds and in a few minutes the actors to play the 10 year olds. Yeah. So that and they'd have to look like each other. No, no, too much. It's too much, man. And
1: I feel like it's not unreasonable to assume that the kids are gonna at least age into teenagers. Over the course of the remaining episodes, because it really feels like they're setting up a young Avengers movie. So, yeah. So the boys are doing something with a lot of bubbles in the sink. And Wanda walks into the room and she's like, oh, I appreciate that you learned how to, you know, not cry all the time, but really wish you hadn't learned to walk. You're running all over the place.
0: As long as we're here, I just want to point out this is the only time we get a really wide shot of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And we can see... Those, uh, copper gelatin tins that I mentioned in the second episode, we can see them hanging up on the wall here, but only in the wide shot. So I just wanted to, I, when we were watching the episode, I, I was looking for them. They're, they're so ubiquitous on television that I, I've been looking for them in every kitchen we see.
1: So Wanda asks the boys to move aside because they've formed a human wall.
0: In front of the kitchen sink. And when she gets to the sink, There's a dog in it. The boys found a dog and they were washing it to uh, help bolster their case when they tried to convince their parents to let them keep it.
1: It is really little kid logic. There's a lot of little kid logic where, you know, oh, if I do X, then my parents will let me Y. Even if X wouldn't naturally lead into Y. It is a very cute dog.
0: It's so cute. Wanda is against them keeping it, but as she holds it... She changes her mind. She definitely wants to keep that dog now.
1: So Vision walks into the room with his human face, and he's like, hello, wife, hello, sons, hello, strange wet animal.
0: And Wanda points out that he is looking like a human, like not a robot, and says, why so formal? And he says that he's expecting... Someone to pop in unexpectedly with exactly the item that they need and in walks Agnes with a doghouse.
1: Vision's holding a newspaper. Yes. The newspaper, I I paused to see what the newspaper said in it. I think it's like Happy Homemaker comes up with...
0: Innovates New Recipe. Innovates
1: New Recipe is the main headline. Mm -hmm. But the sort of sub-headline over it is Mysterious Lights in the Sky hmm i don't one of the things about the show is you don't know what's relevant and what's not
0: right was that just a prop paper police doubt fire was accidental Mm. or i mean which uh, i mean if you don't know it's it's a headline that is on a lot of prop newspapers that are sold so you'll see that headline in a lot of different tv shows once you start looking for it and then it was prominently featured in mrs doubtfire it's where robin williams character took his name from
1: uh so, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite ones of those is someone took a picture of um, what's his face? The guy who plays Jay on Modern Family. Mm-hmm. They took a picture of uh, him reading a newspaper. And then there's a picture of Al Bundy reading the exact same newspaper like 20 years earlier. And
0: uh, that's what happens because they're just these prop houses and they just manufacture the same props. That's why Dexter uses a saber printer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fun. This is one of those shows where you spend all of your time looking for Chekhov's guns. I'm like, tiger, tiger on the, uh, tiger on the table.
0: Yeah, there's a ceramic tiger on the kitchen table.
1: I'm like, what could that be? Right? What is that hinting at? But Agnes does burst in through the back door with the doghouse, and she's like, so I heard you might have a furry new friend, and I thought you might need this. And Vision's like, hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. She asks them if they've named the dog yet, and the dog starts playing with the electrical outlet, which starts, you know, throwing off sparks. Uh, people should be more concerned about
1: that! Yes, you have children in the house now.
0: But instead they just declare that they're going to call the dog Sparky, and, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and Wanda's like, well, let's make it official, and she bamfs up a collar right in front of Agnes. and
0: v- Vision is like, what? the hell i thought we were hiding our magical powers
1: and wanda's like i don't think we need to hide anymore i think we can just be who we are here and vision's like vision's really uncomfortable by this like this is really off-putting to him
0: so i feel like this is evidence that wanda is not in control because she was trying to hide it before but i think she's realizing that No matter what, whatever it is that's around this town, will keep people from really suspecting her more than they do. You know, with her being an outsider in Mm. the ways that we've discussed. I just read *The Oracle Year* by Charles Mm Soule, and in it, there's a guy who gets these visions, and he he gets them all at once, and he starts to realize that. They were given to him in such a way that whatever it was that give, gave him the visions, which they call the sight, is trying to manipulate events and outcomes and manipulate him. And he starts to realize that no matter what he does, he can't die because the sight still has things for him to do. And it's this kind of mystical force. Hmm. And that's what this reminds me of here. Be- when the character in the Oracle year just starts like walking across the street without looking because no car is going to hit him. Wanda is just like... Yeah, no matter what we do, everything kind of snaps back to reality. So I'm just going to use my magic in front of Agnes. Just walk around in your normal robot head. You know, just...
1: Who cares? Yeah. Which is perturbing the Vision. The Vision is realizing that not just that something's up, but sort of that he can realize that something's up.
0: And also he suspects that Wanda is behind it, or at least knows more than he does, he says we're usually on the same page about things. We're
1: usually of the same mind.
0: Oh. oh, Good, uh... Huh. But back to the sitcom. Vision and Wanda tell the boys that they are too young for a dog. They can't have a dog until they are at least 10 years old.
1: And then the boys look at each other and... Vision Wanderer, like, no, 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 and they bloop into 10-year-olds.
0: This makes me so sad.
1: That they missed out on...
0: All of their childhood. Yeah, and it's interesting because it is a thing that happens so often in television that you, you know, cast somebody aged up so that you don't have to deal with child actors. And usually it's ignored.
1: Modern Family did a time skip to get around it, but mm-hmm. a couple of times, I think.
0: So sometimes it's ignored, sometimes it's a time skip, whatever. So as a result, nobody ever really dwells on the sadness of all those missed years. They missed the whole they missed their whole childhood.
1: There's actually a gag about that in the opening credits where uh when they're going through the montage of everyone's growing up pictures, Wanda has a birthday cake for the twins that has one, two, three, four, five candles. candles. Yeah. yeah. They're they're numbered candles, but she has them for the first five.
0: Yeah, yeah. I- The magicians actually, when they did the plot where it seemed like the baby had been aged up, they did kind of touch on the tragedy of that.
1: I actually read a really interesting uh, article, which I wish I remembered more about, about in Twilight, the whole thing with... Renesmee? Yeah. About how Bella can't really bond with her as a daughter because she almost instantly becomes a peer...
0: Well, I mean, bringing this back around to our old podcast,
1: mm.
0: our Once Upon a Time podcast, Welcome to Storybrook, this is briefly touched on, but like all interesting things, not explored in Once Upon a Time. With, with- Gideon? No, I-, I guess with Gideon, I meant with Emma and Snow.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Snow first gets to know Emma as a peer and not as a daughter.
0: Yeah, because of curse hinkiness with time emma is not just fully grown but the same age as her mother yeah yeah so
1: the boys are 10 which means that
0: they can keep the dog
1: and agnes makes a joke about the dog she's like well i hope this one's not going to get any bigger which is tragic given what happens to the dog later in the episode
0: also it means that the boys aged in front of agnes without her Thinking it was weird, just like Wanda knew would happen. I mean, she didn't know the boys would age, but she knew that Agnes would just accept whatever was thrown at her, as it were.
1: Not just because I love Catherine Han, but I really hope we get more Agnes in the next few episodes. Oh, yeah. And I hope that she's not the main villain. I feel like that might be sort of where it's leaning right now.
0: It does feel like it. Yeah.
1: I definitely feel like this series is going to end with Wanda claiming the title of the Scarlet Witch, though.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Especially when they went out of their way to establish that, actually, she doesn't have a codename.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, back in the sword installation, Monica, Jimmy, and Darcy are trying to figure out how they can re-breach the hex.
1: Monica basically asked for a tank. She's like, if I have a tank that's loaded up with all this science techno crap, then I can go back into town and and Jimmy was like, And what? Like, come on. <laughs> like like maybe it won't affect you if you have a a tank that has so much techno babble in it, but like, what's the plan after that point? And Monica's like, I don't know. I feel like Wanda's not being malevolent, so I could maybe talk to her. Get more information, see if there's something we can do to resolve the situation peacefully.
0: She brings up that Wanda could have killed her and didn't, chose not to. And when talking about how strong Wanda is, she says she's the only one who really could have taken out Thanos had she been given the opportunity. And Jimmy pipes up, well, Captain Marvel came really close.
1: And then we have an awkward, awkward moment where... Monica just kind of looks into the distance and there are a lot of people online who are like, what happened with uh, Monica and Carol? Because Monica was Carol's biggest fan when she was a kid and Carol was arguably kind of her other mom, which is something I enjoy. But a lot of Monica Rambo comic fans are not huge fans of because it makes her sort of subservient to Carol in a way that makes it's a little uncomfortable.
0: Well, It's interesting because a lot of people interpreted her, we're not talking about her right now, which is what she says, as anger, whereas when I was watching the show, I interpreted it as grief.
1: I kind of thought of it as anger. I sort of assumed that her mom's cancer might be linked to Captain Marvel's powers. Like.
0: I mean, that's a possibility.
1: One of the things Monica brings up, though, is the fact that What Wanda's doing is not telepathy. Like, it's not just telepathy. It's not just telekinesis. She's literally changing the things that go into the town.
0: She says, it doesn't seem like it to you, but she's been inside. Everything in there is real. Jimmy is asking if they've identified who Billy and Tommy are. And Monica tells him, no, those are Wanda's kids. She gave birth to those two children. Even though they're 10 years old now.
1: Yes. We go to the wall and I I really like how Darcy's like, no, that would, she'd be working with just this level of power. And Monica's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, she brings them into, she like basically barges into where her clothes were quarantined. Mm-hmm. She grabs a gun and fires it into the clothes and the bullets don't go through. Because she went in wearing a bulletproof vest, and the vest got changed into whatever clothes she was wearing as the era kept skipping forward.
0: Yeah, her Geraldine clothes are her—they're
1: her tactical outfit, just changed into different clothes. Like, and Jim, Jimmy's like, this is this is a next level thing. This is this is power. we aggressively not equipped to deal with here.
0: So this is important though because as you said she's not telepathic. This she is... shouldn't
1: be telepathic.
0: <laughs> yes. But everybody in the Sword installation has been talking about her as manipulating perception. This is Monica confirming that she's not manipulating perception. She's manipulating reality. She's changing reality. And then they start to wonder, well, what if we sent through something that didn't need to be changed? What if we sent through something era appropriate?
1: Which, it's a good thing they've been skipping forward in time, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? So, back at the Vision's office, work. remember, he's still working for a computational company. And now, computers are, you know, home computers. So, Norm is talking to the Vision and he's, you know, in full sitcom mode talking about how computers, this is so interesting because it's a... It's a notebook, and it's a Rolodex, and it's a calendar all and in one. And it's a
1: typewriter.
0: Oh, and a typewriter.
1: The thing is, we're kind of pivoting into more that 70s show kind of humor about this. Like, his jokes are all about how futuristic computers are, and like, oh, what if it could find me a wife? And Vision's like, well, at some point in the future, maybe it will be able to. And it, it's jokes that you make when you're doing a show about the past in the future. And yes. Not, not about the present.
0: Well, when he boots up the computer, they have an email and he pulls out a letter opener because it's an email.
1: And Vision's like, ah, we don't need that. We're already cutting edge. And then everyone in the office starts reading the email in unison.
0: Yes. And the email is about Darcy's findings regarding the Maximov anomaly. And... Everybody starts laughing like it's a joke email, like it's a picture of a cat.
1: And Norm's like, come on, tell me what you think. You're the office funny guy. And the Vision turns off the computer with his powers. And he's like, none of this is real. And then he phases into Norm's head. Okay, so I mentioned the Vision having super speed as one of his powers. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't actually know if he does. I'm actually pretty sure I was thinking about one of DC's red-faced robots. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Probably the Red Tornado, but maybe someone else. Mm -hmm. But this is sort of a liberal interpretation of what the Vision can do, because his phasing power disrupting whatever is going on here makes it seem like it's more technology-based than mystical.
0: Oh, Hmm.
1: Which, I don't know.
0: Well, I mean...
1: Is this a reverse of the thing we normally see where magic makes technology stop working? Like...
0: Technology makes magic stop working? Wait. Yeah. I mean, the brain is just a computer. So, if he was able to use his kind of technomancy to touch the computer and see beyond what was happening with Westview, it would make sense that he would be able to reach into the computer of Norm's head and kind of reach the suppressed personality.
1: Because he jolts Norm out of it, and we get the real guy, and he's freaking out. He's, you know...
0: Yeah, He's he's got people outside of Westview, too. He, he says that his sister is taking care of his sick parent, and, you know... He doesn't know how long he's been suppressed, but he is aware of it when it's happening.
1: He says, specifically, you have to stop her. She's doing it to us. And Yes, I, yes. I, I'd like to talk a little about the narrative significance of the ambiguity of the phrasing of the word she.
0: Yeah, someone's playing the pronoun game here. Yeah, because he's not saying Wanda. He did not say Wanda. Like... I feel
1: like you don't say she unless you're trying to hide. Obfuscate. Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: Agreed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We go back to Wanda at home with the boys and the dog.
1: And Billy has been teaching the dog tricks, which, very cute. It's aggressively cute dog.
0: And the dog's been picking up those tricks quickly. Mm-hmm. The boys want to show their dad the tricks.
1: And Wanda's like, he's at the office. And they're like, but it's the weekend. And Wanda's like, no, it's not. And they're like, no, it's the weekend. Why is dad at the office?
0: Wanda is not able to change reality around them and make it be Monday. But she does tell them, well, there was an emergency at the office. He had to go because he needed a distraction.
1: She kind of she kind of resets how she's talking. She's like, there was emergency at the office. And then she abandons that. And she's like, look, he just... He needed a distraction. Sometimes your dad and I aren't on the same page and... uh,
0: She compares it to being the way that they as siblings might fight, but they still love each other and they're still, you know, siblings. Family is forever. And then the boys ask Wanda if she has a brother.
1: And she says that she does, but he's, he's very far away and it makes her sad that she can't be with him. And then the dog runs away.
0: Yeah, he's growling at something at the door. And when Wanda opens the door to see what it is, the dog runs out. This is
1: the second time in the episode an awkward moment is interrupted by something at the door. The first time it was Agnes. The second time...
0: It is an 80s drone that has been flown into Westview by sword To try to communicate with Wanda. Monica is driving the drone. And when she comes to Wanda, she tries to talk to her. She says, this is Monica. I come in peace.
1: Mm. Wanda doesn't super react.
0: Her eyes glow red. And when she is clearly angry... Director Hayward says to fire the weapons at her.
1: He says, take the shot to someone who is not Monica.
0: And Monica's like, wait, there aren't weapons. And he's like, haha.
1: And then there's a breach.
0: Y'all, yeah, she's so powerful. Why would you why, think that would work?
1: Why would you think shooting a missile at her children is a good idea? And also, her eyes glowed red, but she didn't do anything. The drone was still functional. But yes, this is one of the scenes from the preview where we see something coming out of the... hex. Hex. And it's Wanda, who has a really inconsistent accent here.
0: Okay, so the whole show, she has not been doing the accent that she's been doing in the movies, the fake Sokovian accent. Fake, because there's no such place as Sokovia. But now she is doing the Sokovian accent.
1: But not for all of this scene. It only comes out in a couple of lines. When she gets really, really mad.
0: Interesting.
1: She tells them to leave.
0: Monica tries to negotiate with her. She's like, look, you know me. You know that I am someone you can trust. Just tell us what you want. And
1: She clarifies right off the bat, which I think is very good thinking on her part. I didn't know the drone was armed.
0: Yes. But Wanda tells her that what she wants is in Westview. Clearly what she wants is to be with Vision alive and her sons. So Monica doesn't really have anything to offer her.
1: She walks back into the television staticky sphere and it turns red.
0: Commercial break!
1: Commercial break. Okay, so it, it hit me kind of late. It hit me kind of late that... These commercials are autobiographical for Wanda because it starts with the Stark toaster because a Stark missile killed Wanda's parents Uh and left her and Pietro trapped in rubble for days, uh, which is what radicalized her against Tony Stark, which is what led her to join the anti-war group that turned out to be
0: Hydra. Yeah, yeah. When Hayward is like, Hydra radicalized her. No, Tony Stark blowing up her parents radicalized her. But yes. Okay, so the Stark missile that killed her parents is the Stark toaster. Mm Mm-hmm. The Hydra Watch is her kind of joining up with Hydra. The Hydra Soak is her brainwashing with the Mind Stone at the hands of Hydra. Mm -hmm. And now we have Lagos paper towels for when you have a mess you did not mean to make.
1: Yes, after the incident that launched Captain America Civil War, where in the course of a mission in Lagos, Wanda accidentally blew up, like, a lot of people. Well, not uh, a fair... uh, Enough people to cause an international incident. Uh, same woman, same kids, different husband?
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Did they recast the man?
0: I I don't know. I want to point out that the commercial, it, you know, it's your basic paper towel commercial. Things get spilled. Things get wiped up. We also see the husband in the commercial spilling a beer and then wiping it up himself. And the commercial voiceover says, your husband can even help. Mm. So... Throwing that out there.
1: Just keep it in your back pocket. Okay. So Tommy and Billy are running around the neighborhood with Wanda looking for the dog. And they ask the mailman if he's seen the dog. And the mailman says, he's sure to turn up. Your mom won't let him get far.
0: Oh, so eerie. But then they find the dog. They find Agnes in her yard holding the dog wrapped up. Mm -hmm. And... He got into her azaleas and ate some of the blooms, and azaleas are poisonous, so it killed the dog. It's really a... It's a sad moment. It's really heavy.
1: It is. So I'm going to pause here... To go into the Vision mini series a little bit. I showed you uh, all yes. the pages from this.
0: But So before you do that, mm-hmm. I just want to say that I tried to find symbolism for azaleas. They are actually poisonous, but I tried to find kind of any folk symbolism for them that I could tie into the episode. And I couldn't really find any good corollaries. So, yes, please talk about... The thing that you showed me in the comics.
1: All right. So in the Vision comics, there is a Vision mini series that came out a few years ago. We've talked about it a couple of times here. One of the things about the Vision when he moved to the suburbs to create this new family, he got gifts from a bunch of his fellow Avengers. And one of them was a gift from his ex-wife, Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, and Everbloom Bush. The Everbloom is a fictional flower that only grows on the mountain where Wanda was born, Mount Gore, which contains the demon god Kaithon.
0: Comics!
1: Comics. So there's a thing with the Everbloom where if you, it's I forget the exact thing. It's if you eat one petal, you get like a glimpse of your future, but you have to you have to eat one petal when you're hungry and one petal after you've killed something after a murder. and. Uh, we see, we see Agatha Harkness, Wanda's mentor, doing that. She, she foresee one of the things uh, that's kind of set up is that she's the one who's been narrating everything that happens. And it turns out that it's all from a vision she's having of the future uh, when she's plucking the Everbloom bush okay. for Wanda.
0: So the way I interpreted what you showed me. Mm hmm is that the story they tell tourists is that you have to eat the blooms when hungry and a bunch of tourists like try to do it and try to have visions and none of them ever do. Mm -hmm. But Agatha knows. And we see that what you have to do is have someone, she has a a cat eat one of the blossoms when hungry. And then she has to kill the cat. And that's where the vision comes from, Mm. from the murder of the cat who's eaten the ever bloom. So it's like a ritual that it, I I really liked the way that we see how in, in that miniseries the way that there's what you show to the tourists and then there's the actual dark magic that you do. Yeah, but the fact that here in Agatha Harkness's yard there is an animal who has died eating these leaves, these blooms.
1: Yeah, I don't know how related it is, although the dog Sparky is directly from the Visions miniseries.
0: Yeah, the Visions dog was
1: Sparky. Sparky. So it feels like a deliberate choice to have this dog die.
0: From eating the flowers.
1: I was going to say at Agnes's hand-ish. Again, we don't see how the dog died, but this is a really effective scene.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. The boys are obviously distraught. They they ask Wanda to bring the dog back to life. and Agnes asks her,
1: can you do that? Can you bring the dead back to life? And Wanda goes over to her boys and she's like, no, I she, can't do that.
0: Also, she sees that they're about to age themselves up to get away from their grief. And she tells them not to. She tells them that it's sad, but they need to you know stay here stay present not run away from the grief Wanda tells them that they can't run away from the grief mm. and she would know hmm. God it's
1: it's a good scene it's it's one of those things where you try to teach your kids to be better than you
0: mm. yeah
1: i want to know what the deal is with agnes because it really feels like she could be going any number of ways with her reaction to watching Wanda with the boys here. Mm-hmm. I really love the relationship they have in the comics. Where Agnes is a... Le- Agatha in the comics. Agatha is legitimately a sinister figure in the comics. She takes Wanda down a dark path. She does things that are not Okay that are not super heroic but at the same time the things that like she is a benevolent figure in wanda's life she's teaching her skills she needs Mm -hmm. she's harsh but it's sort of a necessary harshness i want to know what they're doing with agnes here so the boys don't age themselves
0: they don't age themselves and Vision comes home from work and sees what's happened and comforts the kids. And
1: I do like the like brief lingering shot of Wanda kind of looking off into the distance mm-hmm. as Vision is hugging Billy and Tommy.
0: Then we go back to the house, Wanda's in the kitchen cleaning up and Vision comes in and he's he's washing his hands, he's clearly just buried the dog in the backyard. And he wants to know what is going on.
1: This is where it, the first time we watched it, this is really where it clicked for me. That they're not using sitcom staging anymore. The shot of the vision washing his hands. Because Mm. this is the sort of tight shot you don't see in standard sitcoms.
0: And it's not just the shot, but the camera movement is stuff you don't get in standard sitcoms. Yeah. And... Vision tells Wanda what happened at the office today where he got Norm's suppressed personality out and he needs to know what is happening.
1: Wanda's like, look, can we not talk about this? Can we just go watch TV? And he's like, so you can do what? So you can change everything while we sleep again? Like, we need to talk about this. And Wanda's like, I don't want to talk about this.
0: Then the credits start rolling and Vision doesn't let that happen
1: he talks over them he's like no we need to talk about this
0: what is the maximoff anomaly he asks her
1: and she legitimately has no idea what he's talking about
0: she leaves the kitchen and the credits stop when she leaves the kitchen it goes back to normal (laughs) yeah and that's when we get one of the shots that was in the trailers of vision taking to the air and Wanda taking to the air and then facing off against each other. He wants to know what she's doing, why she's doing this. She is insisting that she is not doing this.
1: Yeah. And, and she's like, "I, I don't remember you ever talking to me like this before. And he's like, before what? I have no memories of anything that happened before Westview. I don't remember my past. What what ha- what is out there in the world? And she's like, "You don't want to know what's out there in the
0: world." Wanda wants him to just be happy being married to her and having their beautiful children and living in this home and just be happy with that and don't you know ask too many questions.
1: And he asks her why there aren't any other children why billy and tommy are the only children in westview and she's like there are other children And he's like no there aren't i walk home every day past a playground i've never seen any children other than billy and tommy and she's like i don't know what you're talking about this is this is the thing where i'm like okay wanda's not in control here
0: wanda also says she doesn't know how it started which definitely goes to your theory that it's a thing she's just trying to keep under control that she did not start
1: she makes a point of being like so do you think that i'm making everyone brush their teeth and go to work and wash their hair what how, mu- how much how much do you think i can do i can't control everything this isn't something i'm capable of and the doorbell rings and
0: wanda says i didn't do that i didn't i didn't do that and she opens the door and
1: i've seen this memed so much There's so many memes on Twitter of her opening the door and then it's Grimace or, you know, whatever. I'm enjoying sort of a resurgence of MCU memes from this.
0: Yes. But at the door is...
1: Quicksilver? Someone with silver hair.
0: So it's Quicksilver, but it is not her brother from the MCU.
1: It's not Aaron Tyler Johnson Quicksilver. It's... Um,
0: Evan Peters from the X-Men movies, from the Sony X-Men movies. And Darcy, watching this on TV, says she recast Pietro? Mm.
1: By the way, he is wearing a combination of Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey clothes.
0: Oh, he is. He's wearing kind of a Hawaiian shirt, but then with a leather jacket over it. Yeah. That's funny.
1: So he's... Combined the two aesthetics of the uncles from Full House.
0: I mean, you did point out when we finished watching this that this show is going to go into the 90s next, presumably taking a lot from Full House. And the episode that ended the 80s was the boy's uncle moving into the house.
1: Yes. So... Wanda takes a moment to recognize Pietro, new Pietro.
0: I don't think she ever recognized him. I think she just accepted that it was him.
1: Okay. I sort of figured it was whatever the town is working on her.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: Like she, like the, I'm Geraldine.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I think that she, I, I, I'm maintaining, I think that she's just accepting that it's Pietro, but that she doesn't recognize him as her brother.
1: Mm. So Pietro asks, who's the Popsicle? And then the the episode ends. End credits. All right. Still hooked. Oh, yeah. Still hooked. So excited for the next episode.
0: Me too. Can't wait to get to the 90s. So, okay. I put out there on Twitter and Facebook asking what people thought, and I just wanted to share some things from our listeners. All right. John said... I really like this episode. A lot of payoff for being so faithful to the sitcom format that subverting it now feels powerful. Mara Cruz suggested, and I love this, the idea, I hadn't thought about this before, but now I'm like certain it's true, Mm -hmm. that the twins made Pietro because Wanda was sad that her brother was gone. So the twins used their powers to make him exist.
1: Also... Did not specify that he was dead, just far away, which could be the thing for them drawing him from a different dimension.
0: Right. Kate said, what does everyone think happened to Sparky? The two main theories I've heard are Agnes killed him intentionally for some sort of magic ritual, which we talked about. Yeah. Or to try to get Wanda to use her powers to bring him back to life.
1: Honestly, I could see either because she she seems intrigued. Like
0: Right, when she says, can you raise the dead?
1: Now, that sort of makes me think of the scene in the trailer where we're going to talk. It wasn't the mid season trailer, it was one of the first trailers where she asked the vision if she's dead, and he's like, why? And she's like, because you're dead. Mm. Although, if we're going with villain Agnes, Agatha, then that could be just her sort of throwing off the game, like her misstep at the beginning of the episode. Do you want me to take that again? Because there's really nothing in the scene. That seems like it should be making her misstep there.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, but or there's a that that those two were were the first theory.
1: Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no,
0: it's okay, it's okay. The second theory is uh, he was killed by Hayward's missile strike.
1: Huh. Yeah. Because we we cut before we see the missile. Yeah. Doing whatever. Huh. Huh yeah i I do feel like that is a important cut the fact that we don't actually see the missile being fired
0: so yeah those are just some things floating out there next Friday after we watch the next episode please feel free to jump onto Twitter or our Facebook and Help. share your share your theories with us
1: yeah because we're 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 all in on this yes yeah it's still good
0: <laughs> so let's talk about Easter eggs uh did you have a comic Easter egg that hasn't been discussed yet we talked about a lot of comics stuff showing up in this episode i
1: feel like i always blow it in the course of the episode my my main thing was the everbloom also sparky does spoilers for the vision miniseries skip ahead like 20 seconds he does die in the miniseries but he gets brought back
0: oh oh Okay, well...
1: As a vision dog. He's a vision dog in the miniseries. Okay, like,
0: I'm going to segue directly into mine from that. Okay. So, this episode is specifically titled A Very Special Episode. I feel like the core of 80s sitcoms...
1: Speaking of family ties.
0: ...was the A Very Special Episode. We've been watching, you know, old television to do this podcast, but... In addition to watching some old 80s sitcoms, I also read an interesting article by Emily Vanderworth, a television critic, about how 80s television was this weird anomaly where everything was kind of getting saccharinized, but you also had these old Norman Lear 1970s writers who were used to writing like really intense, heavy issue television. And so, you get this weird amalgam of the two styles. And what you end up getting is a very special episode. There's a reason that that's such a cliche. And I feel like that's the core of what 80s TV was. We were watching Family Ties and eventually you were like, I cannot watch any more Family Ties. But before we stopped, I made you watch the episode A, My Name is Alex. Because I feel that that is so fundamentally what 80s television was. This very special episode that was aired with the limited commercial interruption that was just this one-act play about, you know, dealing with grief. And honestly, as a standalone, was kind of powerful, but in the context of an episode of Family Ties was like, what are, who...
1: What is this? What
0: is this? And... Okay, so this is a long way to go to talk about an Easter egg, but A, My Name is Alex is an episode where Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox's character on Family Ties, is dealing with the grief of having lost his best friend who died in a car accident. Mm. His very best friend, who we have never met And who will never be spoken of again.
1: But he was his very best friend since they were both kids. They hung out all the time, blah, 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 blah.
0: That just feels so fundamentally 80s to me. The idea that they got the dog at the beginning of the episode, the dog died, they grieved, and they will never talk about the dog again, possibly. At least they wouldn't if it was an 80s sitcom. That is what feels the most sitcom-y to me, which is Interesting, because I'm just talking about the dichotomy of what was going on in the 80s, this, like, push and pull. And the part that was kind of the heaviest, the saddest, was also the part that was most true to what 80s sitcoms were.
1: Which, I mean, that one bit is way more affecting than that episode of Family Ties. What it made me think of was, and I know this is a parody of teen TV, but you've seen Clone High, right? Of course. You know how every episode is... You know, this week on a very special episode of Clone High, and then it ends with next week on a very special episode of Clone High. Right. It kind of reminded me of the episode Litter Kills Literally. Where uh JFK's best friend, Ponce de Leon, voiced by Luke Perry. Oh. Yeah. How the whole episode's it's and it spends the first half of it setting up how JFK and uh Ponce de Leon are best friends, how they spend all of their time together, even though we've never seen the Ponce de Leon character in the show at all, and then he dies halfway through the episode, and the rest of it's all about JFK dealing with his grief over the death of his friend, uh, his friend who died from littering too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's...
1: Because every episode's a very special episode.
0: Yes. So last week I said that if you wanted to be caught up as far as Easter eggs go, you should watch Family Ties to prepare. Mm. and this week I would say that my guess is if you want to be ready for Friday's episode, you should watch Full House to Prepare, except having rewatched a bunch of it, I would not wish a Full House rewatch on anyone.
1: Oh my god, it is such a bad show. If you're going to watch it, watch like one of the earlier episodes.
0: But then you're not really getting the 90s feel. Yeah, Just don't, just don't. just.
1: Just don't watch it.
0: You can go read Full House Reviewed if you want.
1: Oh, you should read Full House Reviewed. It's really, really funny. It's also incredibly mean. So if you don't find incredibly mean humor funny, they really, really tear into that show. They
0: do, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think that'll about do it.
0: Yeah, I guess that'll do it for this week. Our show's partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Cruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, and Kate.
1: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show.
0: If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television.
1: We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter.
0: So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Westview.